feel like everybody's right and everybody's wrong. 100%. Why is this important? Why are we even going here? He's helped a lot of guys. He's also not had success with a lot of guys. Come in with a purpose, and they're very intentional with what they do and how they do it. From the majors to the sandlot, baseball and softball share space in one place. Welcome to the farm system. Fellas, 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 and the ladies, welcome back to another episode of the pod here with our guys. Hey. Our, 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 our guy. Two of them now. Yeah. Just two of them. Well, we got Steve. Who? Steve. Oh, Steve. yeah. Scuba Steve. Steve. But we have, we have Jarrell in the pocket here, so we have multiple people. Yeah, Jarrell slides All I'm saying is, like, my phone, I've been getting all these phone calls. These people are trying to, these people have been trying to sell me insurance. These got me on the auto dial. I keep you know blocking phone numbers, Honestly, and they just the keep calling me. That's the devil trying to keep us from spreading the word. I'm trying to tell you, you be trying to spread the word around here, and it'd just be getting over here. It'd be getting us. That's classic. Um, so, so code, right? We t- we have a couple different uh, topics that we've talked about that we're going to mm. go into, but why don't you you I, th- I said Cody you get the pick mm. you get the pick so Cody has a topic for us to talk about today hey. and we're going to get into it yeah so so I've been so y'all know I've been I've been marking down my ideas from the questions I hear y'all ask from the questions I hear players ask from the mm-hmm. questions you know uh, I just be having myself so um, but one of them that came up that you sent to me uh, that I know we were both you know started talking about a little bit and we had to shut it down because we had to save it for the pod yeah, yeah. is uh, this DM is someone asked you uh, in particular about uh, some like ground force information right mm-hmm. um, and then uh, so one of the questions was asking if the front foot Oh, this was, Force? this was, I, if I remember correctly, he said that he heard Tewksbury talking about it on Yeah, in their podcast. podcast. Right? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Brought up Tewks, uh, said that he mentioned it uh, in his podcast, and said uh, his quotes, front foot force peaks twice. Yeah. Uh, and so does the front foot um, in the ground and the, the force uh, being created, the ground forces, um, you know, is there two peaks there? And then also... Um, he said, does that mean all hitters body weight transfers to the front foot twice was the question that he had from that topic. And then he had an add on question. Is it possible to produce ground force two times your body weight? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we'll go to the first one. The first one, uh, that I think is interesting is when he asked, does that mean all hitters body weight transfers to the front foot twice? Yeah. So I think the first thing with ground force that's super important for us to realize too is it sounds like he might have uh, getting caught up between the difference between body weight and force. Those are very different things. Um, and that's going to kind of go into a lot of things as we like kind of go through them. The other part that's super important is understanding force doesn't mean weight shift. So that's also different. Remember, like mm. force, I don't need my weight to be over there to create force, right? Um, so that's going to be a bigger thing as well, right? So like, for example, I could have all my weight on my back leg, mm. but when I put my front foot down, it's still creating force on the front side. Now, again, if I want to create vertical force and some of these other forces, I think the biggest thing of un- misunderstanding of ground forces as well is understanding that it isn't one force, mm-hmm. right? So when we say, you know, does the front foot peak twice right or the front leg peak twice is got understanding that obviously the front leg has its own forces that it mm-hmm. creates and then also with that being understanding as well just because my foot is the thing in the ground doesn't mean that it's just purely coming from my leg right right that's a big thing as well your body and how your body is rotating into your leg mm-hmm. right or not into your uh, into your leg is going to cause those forces to fluctuate in those things as well now 
because I'm the one that had the conversation. Like Tank, Tank got his whole booty hitting the mic. He got a Tank, Tank, Tank is in action. Here we are. He's back. He's back in the pod. He's he apologizes for not being here on time. All right, we got we got a whole bunch of babies in the building, and so you know he he's over <laughs> there running up. around, you know, trying to spend time with all the all the all the young ones. Can Steve? Uh, I'm gonna say it right this time. Oh. No, he's not. Candle area. Candelaria. <laughs> there it is. There Candle area. Candelaria. Steve, um, he brought his son in today, and then Drell also got his baby here today, too. So I got the babies here, and then now we got a little baby tanky. Um, okay, so let's get into the first question. First question here is, does the front leg peak twice, mm. right? And let's just break that in by mm -hmm. itself. Yeah, so what uh, Tukes is taken from is a conversation that I had with uh, Tewksbury is that um, the difference between golf and baseball is that golf, your foot's on the ground, you don't stride, mm. right? So the first peak that you get from a vertical force, and we're specifically talking about vertical force here, right? We have vertical mm. force, horizontal force, also within torque, right? Again, there's all these different forces that are happening, right? So I want to be very specific. Vertical force, there is typically two peaks in vertical force. Um, one, when the front foot hits the ground, mm -hmm. right? And then also another one as they're going into contact, mm -hmm. right? So in golf, you typically only see the second peak. Um, and if you do see a, you know, in their chance, if they see a second peak, it's usually, again, like someone avoiding, like getting into their front yeah, hips and things like that. And again, we'll sometimes see somebody with three peaks or things mm -hmm. like that, which also would correlate more with golf and like what they see. Their second mm -hmm. peak would be our third peak. Right. Because we're striding, we see different, we see multiple peaks. So yes, the first question would be, typically hitters will have two peaks. If you don't have two peaks, it's actually, again, and we were even teaching that in the beginning because we were going off of golf, golf and all the things right. that we are talking about is we later learned that the first peak will be when the front foot hits the ground. Second peak will be as they rotate into the front leg and then mm -hmm. create a vertical thrust as they're going into contact. So mm -hmm. yes, there is uh, two peaks. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And so in particular, yeah. just clarifying also, you're talking about vertical force. Vertical right? force. So yes. this is not... So there is also a peak in horizontal force mm -hmm. that correlates with Very the first, with the first uh, when that your stride foot hits the ground, you're going to get a peak in vertical force and horizontal mm -hmm. uh, because your front foot is pushing towards the pitcher, stopping yourself from going forward. Mm -hmm. So you're also going to see a peak there as well that's mm -hmm. correlated with the first peak of vertical force mm -hmm. uh, because because of the stride mm -hmm. so those are very important and also too it can cause some again i'm getting nerdy now yeah. try not they try to stay on path <laughs> but this can also cause uh some uh frontal plane torque right which is mm. your when you like turn or tilt as you rotate uh that horizontal and that vertical from the front leg will tilt the trunk and then mm -hmm. get the also get your body to start rotating into the ball yeah so so if you see if you see someone, I'm just gonna try to get practical since I know yeah. you got nerdy. Yeah. If you see somebody that's not creating uh, the peaks or the forces uh, necessary, right? Um, maybe they're triple peaking. Uh, maybe they're got one peak um, where it's like uh, they're not creating the shapes or either either just the number in general that we're looking for. What are some cues or some thoughts or drills that maybe you could think of right off the top of your head? Yeah, um, I'll tell you the first one not to do. Don't tell them to slam their front legs. <laughs> That's not going to be good. Um, I've heard many people tell them to do that. Yep. Don't do that. Um, yeah, so a lot of that comes into, um, again, with striding, um, is you can, 
usually it's something to do with the back hip, mm-hmm. right? Even though it's the front leg, front leg reading, that's the result and not the cause. It isn't, and that's why a lot of people try to recreate, you know, again, the effect that's going to happen, but typically it's something from the back leg. Mm-hmm. So um, typically this is somebody that's um, collapsing on their backside. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't get into their back hip. They're not loading very well. Um, and when they collapse, as they stride forward, their back hip like collapses or back knee collapses, things like that. Um, that could be one uh, scenario. So again, it could be like, um, hey, keep your back hip high. Mm. Um, keep your back hip above the ball. Like some of these cues that just kind of give you, a, a, you know, kind of it's going to help that back um, adductor and also that back glute kind of stay more engaged and get some ag- uh, activation there. Mm. And and so you're not collapsing from the backside can be, those can be good cues. Uh, you can also go to like a step back drill, right. Or something like that, or maybe like bouncing on one leg, right. To get some like activation in the back hip before they, they fire. We do like the little hops sometimes. Again, that mm-hmm. could be something that could help there. Another thing also too, can be a lot of times is usually as they're striding, maybe they're trying to rotate before they land, mm. like they're, they're striding and rotating at the same time. And, um, there's a big difference, uh, and I wouldn't even say rotating. I would say more like we we probably classify it more as like landing into a spin. Mm. Uh, spin and rotating are, are 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 different. Where again, like we kind of talk about a spin, like a yank, mm. right? Is more of like a yank concept rather than like rotating from the middle part of my body. So we kind of when we say spin, we usually mean like they're pulling away from the ball, like mm. they're rotating off the ball. And then when we say you know rotating, just like pure rotation. You know, rotation in the swing is is what we want. Mm-hmm. We don't want players to spin off, right. um, which is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, an old school cue that I, I think of right off the jump, just talking about this topic, is uh, I always grew up uh, and coaches would say, like, pretend your front foot's landing on ice. Like, pretend yeah. it's like a soft front side. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like just a cue that jumps into my head immediately. Yeah. Uh, that is how they interpret it, of course. Yeah, right. They can get, they can literally bend their back leg mm-hmm. and then go out there and like tippy toe yeah. on the front. And then you'll see guys when they do that, they'll like tippy toe out. And then right before they swing, they'll push off mm-hmm. their back leg. And then still like, that's where that cue can get yeah. slippery. Yeah. But no, I use that cue a lot. No, hundred yeah. percent. Like I, I know my interpretation of that cue myself yeah. when I was young, it was very poor moves that came from it. But now if I were to use that cue on my, my own swing, my interpretation of that cue would be different, so I would execute it differently. Yeah, it can be really good. Anytime you tell players to be soft or quiet with their feet, uh, can cue a lot of pelvic stability, mm. right? That could be really good. Um, that's also, too, we've talked about that before when we talk about, like, ladders or mm. guys running ladders, and everybody right now hates ladders. Yeah. But one of the things I think that, uh, you know, like doing ladders, what they could be really good for is just some pelvic control. Mm-hmm. And there obviously there's other ways that you can do it, but when you're doing it dynamically and you're getting a lot of adduction and a lot of different angles and vectors that you're kind of moving in in dif- different directions you're moving your feet is your ability to control your pelvis mm-hmm. and not let it tilt and like, you know, co-contract kind of around it, mm-hmm. I think is one of its biggest things. So, but again, that's why when guys are doing ladders, when they're being cued for their feet to be quiet, like, mm-hmm. hey, quiet feet, I don't want to hear your feet. Well, a lot of agility guys go, well, that's the opposite. When you want to change direction, I want loud feet. I want loud pounding into the ground. Yeah. I want to hear loud steps, right? Because that means you're putting force like into mm-hmm. the ground um, and like, you know, putting and, and striking the ground really hard. Mm-hmm. So like, again, that's why a lot of agility guys or, you know, strength guys don't like ladders is because they're cueing all mm-hmm. the opposite. But I think it's more, again, more like a, yeah. a, a pelvic control thing than it is Textual. about how much force can I actually create. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, as you dive into that, and this is where it'll get real fun is the second question he asked was, can you create two times your, your body weight? Right. Yeah. Well, didn't he, um, was there one in between there? I think, I think he, I just want to make sure I don't miss one. Yeah. No, the first question was, does, does that mean all hitters body weight transfers to the front foot twice? Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. So, okay. That's so answer that part. So the front foot peaks twice. Yes. Was the first one. And does the body weight body transfer weight. to the front foot twice? Yes. Okay. That's the one, the part I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. Is there transfer of weight to the front side twice? Mm -hmm. No. Is there two force? Well, again, could there be? Sure. Yeah. yeah. But there should just be one should transfer be one. of force, yes. right? Uh, I mean, sorry, transfer of weight, mm -hmm. right? Um, now, we also got to remember the difference between pressure shift mm -hmm. and weight shift. Yeah, I those think that's are, a big one. Those but, are different Yeah, I things. think that's a big misinterpretation and misunderstanding. Yes. While I think a lot of people are trying to level up their knowledge and yes. that information, I think that's a common misunderstanding. Yeah, because, and, and we've posted videos like that before talking about that is like having that idea, having that idea of, okay, so a pressure shift, like for example, I can put my front foot in the ground and shift pressure into my front side, but mm -hmm. not shift my center of mass. Mm -hmm. So again, like for example, like when my front foot gets into the ground and I put pressure into my front side, if you, when you look at pressure and a pressure shift is if your right legs on the only thing on the ground, well, all the pressure mm -hmm. when it's when the the software is reading the pressure, it's going to say a hundred percent of your pressure is on your backside. Right. As soon as your front foot, even if you tippy toe and put your front toe on the ground, it's going to shift towards the front mm -hmm. because you are now you have more pre you have pressure in the front side mm -hmm. and, and somewhere else on the force plate, right, or a pressure board, mm -hmm. um, as well as the backside. So it's going to read a pressure shift, mm -hmm. right? Now we do want pressure in our front side, mm -hmm. right? Which again, pressure means force, mm -hmm. right? If there's pressure, there's force, right? Now, how much force is going to be dependent on a couple of different things. And mm -hmm. then one vector, obviously those are, that's where you get into a force plate. That's why a force plate and a pressure plate are different things. Different. They, they measure and they read different things. Mm -hmm. Pressure, a uh, pressure plates infer force, but they again are very inaccurate. They're like backlogging it. It's, it's mm -hmm. not, you know, again, there's a force plate for a reason. They're also very different price ranges mm -hmm. for a reason. Mm -hmm. A weight shift um, can be different. So the different with that as well, can I shift my pressure and my weight at the same time? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. You can, as soon as your front foot hits the ground, your weight can go with mm -hmm. it. 1000%. Right. But typically when we say, Hey, when I, I want to get forward while I stay back is I want my pressure to get forward. Right. I want to start putting force into my front leg mm -hmm. while my weight mm -hmm. is still back right in my launch position. I don't want to have mm -hmm. my weight shifted. As soon as I land on my front foot, I don't want all my weight on my front side. Right. right? That's an early leak. I'm cheating to a location, mm -hmm. right? My weight is shifted early. Like I don't want to have a mat. And also too, this is the other thing. People also think that people also misinterpret that um, the weight shifts all at once, yeah. right? And that's that also doesn't happen, right? Now, is there times where there's more weight on one leg or another? 1,000%. Mm -hmm. But it's not just like all the weight immediately goes forward. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, there's a gradual shift of weight um, of loading from one leg to the next or unloading, if, mm -hmm. you, would, if you would, as the body rotates. Mm -hmm. So again, as your foot lands, there's going to be some shifting of weight. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 90, you know, again, we'll describe things of like, oh, hey, think 80 back leg, mm -hmm. 20 front leg, all these things. But first off, our body's not a hundred pounds, okay? right? Right. Or less you literally weigh a hundred pounds, mm -hmm. right? Nikki P. Um, and, <laughs> and, but at the same time, you know, again, it's, it's remembering like 80% or 20% just because that's a cue doesn't mean that that's actually happening. And we, we can measure that. Right. Mm -hmm. So typically again, and there's also a difference of now this is the click we're going, we're getting a little deeper, right? This mm -hmm. is where there's layers. There's a big difference between weight and mass, mm. like center of mass 
and weight distribution mm. are different things, right? Center of mass is where your center mm -hmm. of your mass is during your swing. Mm -hmm. Weight is different from center of mass, right? And that's, you know, weight distribution is different. Mm -hmm. Now, your weight distribution and uh, there's some correlations. There's some correlations with where your center of mass is for sure. Mm -hmm. It's not that they're completely separate and they don't, there's nothing, but there is differences between those. And again, your weight distribution um, is going to be a different measurement, right? That mm -hmm. we're, 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 we're weighing and we can measure like, for example, how much weight is on your back leg compared to how much weight mm -hmm. is on your front leg that can be measured now. All right. Unpacking mm -hmm. that. Sorry. We're peeling back the layers of the onion here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Cause again, this is why, this is why when you, when get, sometimes I get this a lot, you guys will send us DMS sometimes thinking that they're very simple questions. Mm -hmm. But there's actually a lot of yeah, layers lot to of them. And again, if I just give you a one word sentence, like that's why I told the guy back, I'm like, yo, that's like a podcast. You asked me like a whole yeah. podcast breakdown. Well, and too, uh, like for us, like if we give them a one sentence response, it, yeah, it's wrong. And then we're misleading, wrong. which yeah, also to too, we don't want to yeah. mislead. So Yeah. So again, if there's something like that, that's why a lot of times I'm like, like either I can't reply right then because I can't get into it. Or again, it's yeah. like, it's like, okay, that's a podcast. Like yeah. you actually asked a lot deeper questions than you're, mm -hmm. you think you're asking. Like it, yeah. it's, it, there's a lot of depth to these things. Which is good too. That's yeah. the kind of questions that, you know, yeah. lead to, you know, okay. unpacking stuff. Yeah. So. Okay. So you got yeah. different things, right? So you got, you got pressure shift, mm -hmm. you got center of mass and you got weight distribution, right? So those are all three different things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, as you rotate, right, first off, when you put your leg on the ground, right, there's weight in your leg. Mm -hmm. How much weight is dependent on a multitude of factors? You know, again, for example, if like you're collapsing on your backside, your front leg's gonna be more unweighted, mm -hmm. but not necessarily in a good way, right? We right. can act because this is the other thing your vertical force on your front leg is gonna be bad right. because you have all of this weight on your backside. Like I explained this to a kid earlier, I said, hey, if I ask you to jump, from your left leg, like jump straight up in the air, like vertical, just single leg jump from your left side. You know, you wouldn't want to be leaning on your right side. Right. You would want to be, you'd have, want to have your weight and your center of pressure over your left side mm -hmm. so that you could actually create, you're in a more leveraged okay. position to put force directly down into the ground. Right. And, mm -hmm. and if you're listening to this, like, think about it. If I, if I had you stand on two legs and I was like, Hey, jump from your left leg, but you were leaning towards your right leg, you're not gonna be able to jump off your left leg very right. well. Right. So, if you're collapsing on your backside as you're striding forward or pushing from your backside and your back hip is collapsing, you're not your vertical force on your front side is not going to be very good. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people will describe these things and go, oh, I want my front foot to be weightless. Mm -hmm. Well, when you actually measure it on a force plate, like, no, you don't. Like right. the best hitters in the world, their front leg is not weightless. Mm -hmm. um, it's not weightless until they swing. It's not, you know, just that's why when people give cues like, oh, rear leg and all these other things. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not saying that that cue can't really it help be a somebody. Good cue or feel, but, but with the same idea is remembering mm -hmm. what is a feel and what is actually happening with the best hitters in the world. And again, when you measure these hitters, it's like, no, they don't just, their front leg isn't just weightless out of the ground. And a lot of times mm -hmm. they actually see a vertical where when a guy creates a vertical, his, his, his body comes out of the ground. We'll talk mm -hmm. about that in a second is it will appear to be weightless, but he created a ton of force yeah. with his front leg to get his body out of the ground in the first place. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, no, the weight distribution, it doesn't go right leg, left leg, right leg, left leg, right? Like it isn't, you don't just shift back and forth. It's not a, you know, yeah. constant rocking back and forth. Um, uh, there is a weight 
there is a weight shift that happens throughout the swing. Mm-hmm. Pressure is different. Center, uh, center of pressure or weight uh, or pressure shifts happen multiple times throughout the swing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's based off of forces. Right. Right. But weight shift happens one time, you know, throughout the swing as I go to rotate. Now, after you hit the ball, you might rock back to your, yeah. your back to your back leg. Right. Especially if you're going to like a trot step over yeah. something like that. Right. Or a re-anchor yeah. with the back leg. You might shift your weight, but the ball's already gone. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's way deep in the finish of the swing. Like when the ball is long gone, like, mm-hmm. you know, again, like you're in your you've finished almost like you're at the end of your swing and your weight might you're shift back. It. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's more of like a pimp. So like, yes, in that case, all within time frames, you know, that might be true. So yeah, the difference between that. So yes, you're not, you know, you shouldn't be going load, left leg, right leg, left leg, actually mm-hmm. shifting your weight. No, that doesn't happen. Pressure there, it fluctuates mm-hmm. and it's based on how much force and where, you know, where you're pressing in your feet at what different times, which again has more to do with right. force than it has to do with weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and another way of explaining this, let me give you this another analogy for someone that, that's kind of trying to differentiate the two. For example, you can stand in front of me. Let's say I was laying on my back, right? I was laying on my back. You were standing right in front of me. My feet were facing you, right? Like how mm-hmm. Cody, me and you were facing each other. If you come running at me and I kick you in the chest, my weight isn't there, but I got force there. Right. You get what I'm saying? So my weight is on the ground or on this chair, right? right? But my Lame. force can be going forward, right? And that's good. Same thing can happen in our legs. Knox mm-hmm. is in there getting it in. Oh, he's fired um, up. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. Um, uh, sorry, we got we got the babies in the background. If you can't <laughs> hear these mics are good, so you might not be able to hear that. But in any case, um, you know, for example, my weight doesn't have to be somewhere for there to be force, mm-hmm. right? And so, for example, like the same thing too. I could have my weight more back and there'd be pressure and force in my front leg, mm-hmm. even though my, you know, my total, you know, my hundred percent of my weight's not on my front side. Right. Again, the other thing is again, just, I just want to get back to the weight di- distribution thing is that again, a lot of people think it's not like there's a hundred percent on my right leg. And then when I go to swing a hundred percent goes to my left leg, right? That's not, we don't want that either. Um, actually, you know, I'm going to get my boy a shout out. He actually did this the other day. Uh, Ian Jenkins, I think he gave a pretty good um, idea. Like he showed a great visual. So uh, try to imagine with me if you're just listening to the audio. What he did, what he did. I'm like, I'm gonna give. Uh, let think think about. <laughs> for some reason, I went to graham crackers. But imagine <laughs> if you had two graham crackers, right, and they're stacked on top of each other, right? And I said graham crackers, but it's just he had two pieces of like wood or something that were on top of each mm. other. But basically, he put springs in between them, mm. right? And he was like, if all of my weight is on the, on my right leg, the left spring is super stretched and the right spring gets really compressed. Mm-hmm. Right. But if we want to compress our legs into the ground and actually be able to use our legs, um, and I, like we need to be level, like our, our staying mm-hmm. between our feet is really important. So we can actually have pressure in each leg mm-hmm. so that we can use that. And that is what he was explaining. And again, probably where I'm going to like add some layers to what he was explaining is that he's explaining that we, for us to be able to create torque and use both legs to create um, a high high amount of torque and rotation for our body, is you do want vertical force and weight mm-hmm. right on each leg so that those both of the springs get compressed at the same time. I also don't want to be super heavy on my front side because if I'm super heavy on my front side, then I'm unloading that spring on my backside mm-hmm. and I can't create a large torque for my back leg either. Right. Right. And a lot of people do that attempting to scissor early, mm-hmm. right. Or trying to create a scissor, they'll weight shift early. 
right? Yep. And then that back leg does scissor, mm -hmm. but it's not a good scissor and it was an early weight shift, mm -hmm. right? So there's there you got you want to have a little bit of both. Some guys get stuck on their backside, some guys right. get stuck on the front side, but we want to try to compress both those springs and have weight going down equally on both uh, on both legs as mm -hmm. I go to rotate, right? And then as I go to rotate, that's why a lot of people will say 50-50. Yeah. And they're rotating through 50-50, but think of it more like this. Let's just say you know, and that's different from different guys. That could be a great cue. It could be a bad cue for certain dudes. For sure. Some guys think 50-50 and they're actually like 70 on their front side. Yeah. Right? Or, you know, and again, because of their pelvis and, and like we can get into all the anatomical stuff at another time. But in any case, imagine you're actually more like, you know, 60-40, you know, somewhere in between that, right? 40 on my front side, 60 on my back side, right? As I go to land where again, my, my center, and again, I say that because it's more like center of mass. My center mm -hmm. of mass is more 60% towards my backside mm -hmm. than it is towards my front side. Right. But as I go to start transition and it happens really quickly, right. Within mm -hmm. a couple, like 20 degrees of like rotation with my pelvis, which is really small. People don't realize how, how few degrees that actually is. As I go to rotate, it gets, I rotate through 50, 50 mm -hmm. really early into my turn. Right. Yeah. And then as I continue my turn, as I start getting into contact, yeah, I shift a ton, not only pressure, weight, mm -hmm. center of mass, all of those things are going to then transition and I'm going to get a ton of mm -hmm. all of that into my front leg later on into my turn. Yeah. So, so an example of that too, and could be wrong, but you know, you just tell me an example thinking of this is I was kind of explaining this to a hitter earlier this week. And um, when we we're doing turners, but a good example of maybe your weight distribution may not be great. Maybe you got slightly weighted onto your front side, yep. but they were able to keep their center of mass back would be yeah, I got fooled on a slider or curveball, but I was able to stay back or Correct. stay behind the ball and still be productive with it. Um, that's kind of how I described right. it to to this hitter was yeah. like, you know, no, I don't want you to have all of your weight on your front side. But if you do, I want you to know how to keep your center of mass back. Not how I described it to him, yeah, if but your center, if your center of mass gets over or outside your front leg, mm. you're in some real trouble. Yeah, a lot of that's trouble. when you're like butt out. You know, yeah. leaning over your front side, reaching. Mm -hmm. That's that's sorted again. Again, that's where people get mixed up when we say like get into your front side or get your front leg in the ground, mm -hmm. and like all those other things. A lot of times they're mixing up a uh, center of mass, um, weight distribution, right, or pressure shift. Mm -hmm. And understanding, do I want to shift my pressure before I swing? Mm -hmm. Before I launch my swing? Yes. Do I want to shift my weight before I launch mm -hmm. my swing? No. Mm -hmm. Right and um, again, and then also you got to talk in like what actually is launch, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Or my, and, and again, a lot of people are like, oh, like, um, mm -hmm. I'm starting, I feel, I can feel myself starting my swing before my front legs in the ground. But yeah, like as you go to start your swing, that feel is again, as you start to rotate, it plants your front foot. And so mm -hmm. for a lot of guys that can be a really good, like CNS cue, mm -hmm. right. To get their body to like actually plant and not get stuck on their back hip. Mm -hmm. Right. So that can be part of it too. Some people also too are trying to get like a running start where it's, right. it's a lot easier to rotate my pelvis fast with my front leg, not in the ground in the sense of I can spin very easy. Yeah. Right. But not necessarily what we're, you know, looking for either mm -hmm. unless, and again, can that, does that create force? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's just not the most efficient. Right. And it comes into like, again, you're using a lot of athleticism to try to yeah. get that way rather than, rather than again, along with it, it's like, Again, a lot of those guys have issues with their front hip. There's something going on with their front hip, and they have yeah. dysfunction. And then again, they're trying to avoid mm -hmm. uh, something later on. 
Um, yeah, you just got you just reminded me of the, uh, the I wanted to break it break into the difference of the domino effect. I'll have to, we'll have to do that. Yeah. We'll have to do that in a different. Yeah, podcast. no, but but again, that goes back into like questions bigger than what a lot of people think it is, For right? Sure. And then too, we try to simplify things and make things uh, to our. Uh, our understanding or our level right and it's like you know it really is more complex than that but you know good coaches can learn how to break it down and simplify it to whoever they're training or coaching well and i think i think it's just how you package it right like um i was actually talking to this with steve right i i gave an i gave an eval steve sat there and shadowed the eval that i was giving right but also with that being said when i was when i was yeah thank you thank you fired up do security he was he was sleeping the whole time until <laughs> until Drew went out and then all of a sudden he woke up. Um, is that Steve shadowed the eval right? And I'm presenting it to what is he? Fifteen, you know, fifteen, sixteen, sixteen, yeah, fifteen, sixteen year old kid, right? And his dad. They're not biomechanists. They're not strength coaches, right? Right. So I'm not going. I'm I'm giving. I'm packaging the information into a way that what does he need to know? Mm-hmm. And again, he doesn't need to understand it like I understand it right. for him to be able to perform, right. right? Or and also too, what level do I need to get in? Like a buy-in or all those other things. Like mm-hmm. okay, like what does that mean to him? And like how can I package it to him? Now, mm-hmm. when we got done with the eval, Steve came up to me <laughs> and asked me a lot of really in-depth questions right. about training. And what I was seeing here and the forces and all mm-hmm. these other things. And we got into nerd time mm-hmm. and we went deep with things, mm-hmm. right? But that other kid didn't need to know that. Steve yeah. needed to know that and could understand that because to him, it wasn't drinking out of a fire hose mm-hmm. because he has a base level of knowledge to understand all right. the things that I'm describing comparatively to, again, a 15, 16 year old kid who knows very little about anatomy forces and then again steve has worked with force plates yeah with the a's he's already done all these other things he has a background on all these things so when we and him talk we can talk to a different level when i talk to a biomechanist who again there's also a difference there's biomechanists that don't have a lot of deep background and force plate data Mm -hmm. they might have a different emphasis like a doctor right there's Mm -hmm. different doctors that have specialties and different things some guys specialize in force plate data right some guys specialize in you know you know how the arm you know does things right and like yeah. and again like you have like more of like almost like when people are like orthopedic doctors mm. or things like that right like they might have the biomechanics of a very specific yeah. area of the body they might be very good with or maybe they're overall like kinematics all these Segment, other things right yeah. there's different emphasis everybody just groups all these guys together there's mm-hmm. layers of layers of layers of layers right yeah but i want to hit back on what you just said is that when we started this right of that piece right is that i i I said that yesterday is like we want to dumb things down Mm. right we want to dumb the problems down and go oh yeah well it's you know it's simple it's simple it's simple like remember the only time something becomes simple is when you deal with it a lot Mm -hmm. and then also too when you understand the complexity and you do it so much like my my brother says uh my brother was like we, we were at a job site and he was talking to one of the guy, one of his employees, and he goes, he goes, it's common sense. And I looked at him and I go, I have no, like, not. <laughs> he was talking to his employee, right? And I, who don't do anything with marble and granite and you know all the things that they they do, casinos, bro. He's doing casino work. He's doing yeah. ma- mansions, and he's talking about some sophisticated like part <laughs> of what they do, right? Common sense. And then so he goes, oh, it's common sense, right? And then I said to him afterwards, we talked later. I said. It's common when people say that it's common sense. This world lacks common sense, all these other things too. A lot of people don't understand. It's common to you, Mm. 
not com- it's common to you because you do it every day. Mm-hmm. If I you want to come in here with the hitting and you want to go into anatomy and all these these other stuff, to me it, it's common sense. Mm-hmm. Like even he said that to me. Uh, Steve said that to me earlier. He goes like, "Oh, I get it. It's like, you know, like yeah, that's common sense, blah blah." Yeah. And I'm like, and then he and then he stopped himself and he goes, "Well, yeah. I mean, I guess it's common. It, it, it it's a not a big stretch for me because I have a foundation of understanding prior. If right. I was talking to some random, you know, 15, 16 year old kid or a dad that isn't whatever, it's like this is not common no. at all, right? And we're just slowly going through where like that kid. And again, we have to learn how to package what info we give them. Mm-hmm. Right. And how sophisticated and how in depth mm-hmm. I can go, you know, it's kind of like a, a rubber band. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's it's not a rubber no. band. Connective tissue is not just yeah. rubber bands. But it's a great way to body. get some people to, you know, Correct. grasp that. Topic. Correct. Correct. Sure. But it is it's much more than a two dimensional rubber band running right. around our body. But that's a great visual and like us to start to understand certain mm-hmm. things. But it's much more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's a good way of a base level of understanding. So one of the things that you and I will talk, we talk about this too. It's like, I can give you, I could break it down to you like you're a five-year-old, mm-hmm. but you're going to understand it like you're a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. You don't have the understanding. Like, again, I can, like when a doctor comes into you and tells you about this complicated medical issue that you have mm-hmm. he can explain it to you like a high school kid mm-hmm. right but you're going to understand it like a high school kid and not a doctor or a professional right. who went to school for six years and has 20 years of experience in the field right that is going to be that is going to be a very different understanding where and again you know why that's going to be a very different understanding you don't want joe schmo that had a doctor explain <laughs> to him what's wrong with you for him to be your doctor right right you didn't want to oh that guy stayed at a holiday inn no you want someone that actually went to school for this that is an expert in this that has to deal with this problem all the time that has performed you know thousands of other surgeries or whatever right and 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 that's where it becomes super important it's like yo it's not just because you know, again, someone gives you a surface level understanding. Sometimes we th- we start to think that we know more about it than we really do because someone did a good job of ex- dumping right. it down to a space where I can start to wrap my head around it. But it, again, it doesn't mean that you actually understand it to you know the doctor's depth. Yeah, no, there is this uh, there's this post I brought up to you uh, the other day, and there were some pretty fire quotes in there. But there's one in particular that stands out. Just talking about that was the wisdom paradox. And it was an Albert Einstein quote where it's like, the more I learn, the more I realize how much I don't know. It's like, the more you learn, the more you are exposed to the immense unknown. This should be empowering, not frightening. Embrace your own ignorance. Embrace lifelong learning. Mm. And so I just, you know, that uh, yeah. you know that brings up that topic. But yeah. also too, kind of going back to that that last question of the, the peaking twice um, or the belief. Yeah. I want to get the wording right yeah, that he had. Uh, he had a specific wording that he used was does that mean all hitters body weight transfers to the front foot twice right i want to get back to that because i think how you finished answering some of that with the center of mass the weight distribution the foot pressure and all that will then segue pretty good into his last question which was is it possible to produce ground force two times your body weight Mm. because i think also too this is going to open up a really big part of this conversation that a lot of people don't think about especially to me getting to do a lot of these evals and like yeah you know you get a, a wide variety of of parents yeah. and athletes like some don't know what a force plate are some of them have heard of a force plate some think they know everything there is about force plates and they get in and look yeah, at the, yeah. you know it's like you get the whole plethora yeah. it's like 
you know, and then being able to explain it and then just seeing the biggest gaps. And mm. so I think too, I'm not even going to bring it up because I know you're going to say it is like mm. that. Can you create two times your body weight and force on a force plate? Yeah. Let's open that up a yeah. little bit. Okay. So first thing, <laughs> remember and what vector is going to be very important, right? There's not one force, mm-hmm. right? There's all these other forces going. If you can't create two times your, your body weight, you're going to be in trouble, mm. right? And th- so this is where it's super important. We got to remember, okay, let's say I have a one pound block. Mm. There's a one pound weight block, right? If I create one pound of force and push on the block, the block's not going anywhere because it's an equal weight. Mm-hmm. The, the, the block doesn't want, it can't move because it is one pound itself. Right. One pound of force, that thing's not moving anywhere. Now, when I start getting over that one pound of force, right, as I start getting creating more, it's going to start creating a force that is higher, mm-hmm. right, than it's resting, I think, inertia is the mm-hmm. correct word. It's resting inertia where it will start to move. Now, that's if it was floating in space mm-hmm. and there was no other forces. Now, Action. if it's on certain surfaces, right, you might have to overcome the friction mm-hmm. of that surface. So in general, you know, you would think that, again, like I need to create more force to create these things happen so you know for example is you got to remember that yes um that's why when you read on the force plate data and we go by percentages when you first get on there the force plate weighs you Mm -hmm. right so then you get you get a weight it knows how heavy you are and then it gives you a percentage and there's certain movements that you do that are less than your body weight Mm -hmm. right a lower percentage than your body weight um and again, if it's less than your body weight, um, there could be a couple different things happening, right? First off, um, if my leg is off the ground, right, and all my weight isn't there, I don't need as much force. My leg doesn't weigh as much as my whole body. Mm-hmm. So again, I could be creating a force like while I'm striding and I'm moving my leg in space. I don't need as much force, right, to move that. Now, again, mm-hmm. the force plate's not going to read that. That's something right. that's internal forces, right? But my point is, is with that. Now, when you go to every other force, you go to every other force that you're measuring throughout the swing, it's going to have a higher percentage than 100%, mm. right? Because 100% is just your body weight, right? Right. So so when we go and we measure like vertical force, like, yeah, like you need a minimum of 180, 180%, right? So that's a minimum of almost double your body weight, mm-hmm. right? In golf, they say that you're, it's a requirement, right? That's like the, the every elite PGA tour player is over 200%, but in baseball, it's different because your legs are wider. Mm. You know, you don't need as much vertical force. You're not hitting a ball off the ground, hitting it straight up. Like, right. so like again, you can get down to like 180% yeah. is, is, is good, right? So there's all that. When it happens, it's still important. All that stuff is super important. We're getting in the weeds now, huh? Yeah. And good questions, though. And then, so, and then again, when we, we talk about like torque, mm. like, yeah, we want to create a lot of force, right? Because yeah. this is our rotation ability. Our ability to rotate and counter rotate mm-hmm. is super important for how well I, uh, force production mm-hmm. and force transmission right. and actually getting that force actually into the ball when I'm doing a rotational activity. Mm-hmm. So that will be super important. Vertical, for example, I also need to have more than my body weight as well to overcome my resting inertia, right? right where I want my body to come up 
If I want my body to go up, like coming out of a squat, you have to overcome that. That's also too why when we're in the weight room, when we do squats or we do deadlifts or we do mm -hmm. those things and we load the bar, it's more than our body weight. We're already mm -hmm. squatting our body weight, right? So that means that again, we're getting a hundred percent of our force to even be able to go up and down. Now, if I want to move that force, if I want to even body weight, if I want to get up quicker, I better create more force. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm creating our, my body weight, like I'm going to go, I'm gonna, not going to be moving very fast. If I need to create that force more, I need to create more force. Mm -hmm. That's why squatting, all that other stuff, I train my body to be able to create vertical force mm -hmm. in a very, in, you know, again, way more than my body weight. And that's why I like elite, um, most elite athletes are like three to five times their body weight. Insane, mm -hmm. like five times is obviously like, you know, like yeah, extreme, you know, insane, you know, power lifters and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like some of the top in the world, things like that. Right. There's, I think there is some guys that are like even like six plus times their body weight, which is mm -hmm. insane. Like what some of these guys can do. Um, but again, most elite athletes like are at least over three, you know, girls might be a little bit less yep. like, you know, two to three times depending on the exercise and all those other things. But most like really elite, um, men are, are usually mm -hmm. over, um, you know, over with that as well. And then like, again, the most elite girls are towards the top spectrums of those things yeah. as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so that being really important. Um, but yeah, like you, is it possible? Damn right. It's possible. Yeah, or you should. wouldn't be able to, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't be able to jump very high. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be able to do any of those things. You wouldn't be able to, you know, hit the ball very hard. Um, and also too, you got to think about that again, like rate of force development, like the more force I can create, um, you know, and also over a shorter period of time, you know, rate of force mm -hmm. development, right. Which is again, the same thing. How quickly am I creating that force? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, super important when I, when I, when I'm looking at how strong I am and power mm -hmm. and all those things as well. Um, but for jumping and all those other things like that's what has to how guys have like 40 inch verts, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Super important. Um, horizontal force again, same things as well. Um, again, we're, and also too, just, I, again, I don't want to dumb this down. We're talking about three main forces, yeah, but there is more. much more forces than those three. Mm -hmm. And also, too, when we say horizontal, there's more than one horizontal mm -hmm. force. You have toe heel. You also have, you know, left, right, which is pitcher to catcher. Mm -hmm. So you got you got different things as well, as well as like getting into that. And again, not to overwhelm you guys, but I just want to tell you mm -hmm. that there's a lot to this stuff. Right. Yeah. It's not just, you know, this like this or that and it's over. Right. Um And then, the, again, the biggest one, obviously, is your ability for torque. If I want to mm -hmm. rotate this body and it's resting inertia and I want to be able to mm -hmm. rotate it. And then all, not only that, I was just telling Steve this, my ability of, I need to decel, but I need yeah. to decel with so much more rate of force development. Yeah, that's I have such one. a small period of time to actually stop that my brakes have to be way stronger, mm -hmm. so much stronger that again, this is why muscle like muscle is slow. Mm -hmm. It's too slow to do the full work that fascia and things that again, that are again, what you can even measure, you can't measure when I come, when you talk about mechanical tension, for example, again, like a rubber band or a big rope or something like that. When that thing gets, uh, when that thing gets taut and it goes and it gets all that mm. slack is pulled out, how, when you're measuring how quickly that response is to the end is mm. it's insanely fast. Yeah, like it's abrupt. again, almost in, it's instantaneous, right? Like all of those things where like when people are like, Oh, like you don't have time to decel. Yeah. If you're thinking about it from an active yeah. standpoint. Now you also do have an active component right. and your ability to create tension in your body, pull out at slack and all those other things and co-contract all these other things as mm -hmm. well. You do have a, you know, that, 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 those other systems that again are, you can be adjustable. You can get into your front leg a little mm -hmm. bit. You can, you can do those other things, but again, 
when we're talking about deceleration in general, a lot of it has to do with leverage, mm. sequencing, timing, all these other things. Whereas like, when does that slack get pulled out? Does it ever get pulled out? Also, it's not a two dimensional stretch, right? You got three dimensional like space, like, um, so think of it like two rubber bands from hand to hand. This is Randy Sullivan explained it this way. I think he stole it from friends, Bosch, but if I take a rubber band and I have it in my left hand and I have it in my right hand, okay, that's two dimensional stretch. Mm -hmm. But then again, imagine Cody, you walk up to the rubber band and you grab the middle and you pull out mm -hmm. from the middle. That's three dimensional stretch. That's mm -hmm. how our body actually is. And that's why you have a whole bunch of rubber bands running across your body. Okay. Now how do the muscles play into that? The muscles are pulling on the fascia, mm -hmm. right? And there's layers of all this fascia. There's not one layer of fascia. There is layers and layers and layers of, of fascia and interwebbed and all these things. So when a muscle contracts, it pulls on mm -hmm. the fascia and can help pull out three-dimensionally, can pull out that three-dimensional space tension, mm -hmm. right? That can pull out that slack so that we can create more force and transform more force, you know, throughout mm -hmm. that, that energy. Um, and then, you know, think about it again too. We talk about this like rubber band as well. Cody, from you to me, we're holding a rubber band. You're holding it tight. We pull the slack out, right? I flick, I flick the rubber band. You can feel the energy in your hand because there's so much tension in mm -hmm. it. That's like, you know, the old, back in the day, we were talking to the- Yeah, the little can phones. Talking to the can yeah, easy, phones, right? Easy, easy, easy. You got a string. That much older, dog. <laughs> you got a string on, into your can. I got a string into my can. If the string is loose, that, that, mm. that, uh, that sound won't travel through the string and actually get into the can. If it's tight, then you can get that sound to transfer. So the same thing with our body, right? We need that tension so we can transfer. Not only, you know, we're talking mm -hmm. about sound, but it's waves of energy, right? Mm -hmm. And vibration is really what sound is, right? So again, the same the same thing as well is when we when we look at that, right? Too as well, it's like the body's the same way. If there's slack in the system, that energy can't transfer. And again, you're not going to get that instantaneous. Mm -hmm. You're actually going to be dissipating a ton of the force that you created and mm -hmm. transferring that energy up my body, the kinetic chain, right? Mm -hmm. um, up my body and actually getting it like into the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so to, you know, simplify it. Yes, you can. You better. Most people, if I, better. yeah, if I see somebody not doing that, we got a serious problem. Um, uh, in an eval, uh, we got some, some real work to do if you're not creating more than your body weight or two times your body weight. Yes. In when, when I say like the positive or accelerating forces, definitely more common that I see people don't two to three X the decelerating forces, but yes, uh, yes, definitely can create and, you know, and should probably create at least two times your body yeah, weight. I was going to say the other thing with this too, is just remember me and Steve were talking about this. There's also a very big difference between force production and what I need to, to complete a skill. Mm. Right. When I pick up my drink, I don't need the maximum ability of my body to pick up that drink, the coordination and what I'm turning on and when is mm -hmm. based on the task that I'm completing. When I'm fighting somebody and we're standing in a boxing stance and he takes a step to the left and I take a step to the left, I'm not bounding to my left as hard as I can. Mm -hmm. I'm creating as much force as I need to complete that task. So something that's very important as well is everybody just goes, a lot of strength side of things will go, well, we just need more force. We just need all these other things. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We need how much force I need to complete the task. Mm -hmm. And again, some of the movements in the swing are not for power. Right. They're positional. They're mm -hmm. leverage. They're going to get, like, again, when I'm boxing a guy, when he steps to the left and I step to the left, it's not a power move. Mm. It's to get me in position and orientation so that I can throw mm -hmm. a really powerful strike. Right. So there's certain parts of the swing. For example, we'll have young kids that out 
power our pro guys. Yeah. And then they'll go, what? And some How is that possible? Yeah. I'm way stronger. Like, the pro <laughs> guy is way stronger than the young kid. Yes, but Trout is not trying to bound from his back leg towards the pitcher. Mm-hmm. And that little kid who doesn't create large torques and all those other things, the only way he can create any power is he's trying to jump with momentum, mm-hmm. right? To try to create rotation because he's so weak and like, you know, mm-hmm. and transverse, you know, plane, right? They just mm-hmm. can't rotate very hard. Right. He can't counter rotate very hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if that, if that's the case and he can't use those other strategies, his body comes up with a new way to create that strategy. Mm-hmm. And that typically happens vertical or horizontals from the back leg. Because again, we typically develop sagittal mm-hmm. and frontal, Right, strength, and then mm-hmm. typically the last one to get developed is more transverse yeah. power, which that's why a lot of athletes, like again, are very strong in frontal and sagittals. Mm-hmm. You know, which again, sagittal is like more up down vertical force. Mm-hmm. Frontal is more horizontal, side to side, catcher to pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, lateral bounds, things like that. And then finally, that's why again, like there's a lot of football players that are really weak in the transverse mm-hmm. plane. They can't rotate and throw med balls very hard, mm-hmm. all that stuff because they don't have a lot of rotation in their sport. Right. Unless you're like a quarterback or, you know, think that's why also a lot of football players that were baseball players are usually like running backs, quarterbacks, mm-hmm. wide receivers, you know. Uh, you know, um, uh, positions like that where there's a lot more rotation rather than mm-hmm. like offensive linemen or defensive linemen or right. things like that. They don't rotate very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I think too, with all these questions, I think all of them, you can go way deeper, but I think, I think the main thing too, with some of the questions that he asked is realizing some of these simple thoughts that we may all have, the answers to them are way more complex than we actually know. Yeah. Um, you know, it probably even more complex than we, you know, can even yeah, describe right now. Yeah. We're always going to continue to learn. Yeah. And so, but I think that's a good foundation too. And then I, I also like, uh, from the, from the side of like the practical side of like all this information too, it's super interesting. Cause then, you know, like we talk about this, but then we get to like make it applicable to, you know, a high school kid or a 13 year old, like, you know, I'm going to use one of our 13 year olds, uh, again, in that sense is, you know, he his interpretation was, I need more force. I'm not swinging hard enough. Like that was yeah. something very important to him. And as you start to unpack through these conversations was, I need more force. He's 13, plays up to 16U. So he's playing against these big kids, feels underpowered, wants mm-hmm. to create more force. So he starts to create it in the frontal plane yep. by like creating that horizontal force. Yep. Right. And it's like, okay, well, we don't need you to be two times your body weight during your stride going forward. Yeah. Yeah. We need you to Ratios be it here. Right. And we need this type oh, of I force to be two times our body weight. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's where, too, I think it gets real fun and real interesting when you can start to apply that. Like, you know, because uh, some people could take that, like the question, like if you would have answered it just super simple, is, okay, yes, you do. Well, someone can interpret that as like, I need to create two times my body weight pushing. And it's like, no, and go back no. and forth. With yeah, like, right. No. Like that that would be catastrophic. Yeah, yeah. Or you lose a lot of space, a lot of direction, right? And so, um, but really, really from a question standpoint, I mean, that's all he really asked, but I think those are really good questions where, yep. you know, we got to dive into force plate data, which we don't always get to, uh, yeah, yeah. but then also to like some applicable stuff. So Yeah, and also um, too, like how people would think about it. And this is the thing too as well. It's like, again, that's why I say like all the time as well is a lot of us. That's why I'll, I'll ask people on social media all the time. Sometimes I think I'm being an ass, <laughs> but when I'm like, Hey, like how much experience do you have with force plate data? Because I'm telling you before I had a force plate, mm. I thought about ground force very different. Mm. 
before I had biomechanists and all these guys that we've worked with and understanding ground force and how our body actually creates forces and then tying it back into anatomy and kinesiology and all these other things. And then also, okay, now I know all these things. How do I actually mm -hmm. teach it? How do we actually fix it? How do we actually do it? Like, yo, this, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We've been over here grinding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I think that's the thing as well. I ask that because, again, people have some big assumptions about what, first off, you can tell by the questions that people ask if they understand if they've actually spent time with ground force. Mm -hmm. And then also too, the cheapest force plates are vertical plates. Mm -hmm. And people do them in the gym all the time. And then because they can only measure vertical, they think that those are the only forces mm -hmm. that are happening. And that's just not true. Yeah. It's it's just incorrect. Yeah. No, I'm spoiled. Dude, I walked into this thing and it was like force plate. But but yeah. two also to that point is even since I first got here here a couple years back, like some of the conversations that we've had of like, hey, I used to do this, but once we got the force plate and I realized how important the front leg is, I'm like, yes. dang, like I teach 100%. that different now. That's, you know? why, that's why even when I was, I'm telling you, like, like we'll have to do it here soon. It's like candy just even in the um, candle area uh, mm -hmm. is uh, even um, ever since, you know, even in the last like two weeks, me and him have some conversations. Like we're talking about fascia stuff, all this stuff. Like we'll have to have him share stuff here at some point where he's like, Bro, I've never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. Dang, I've never seen that applicably. Like, you know, I've read it in a textbook. I kind of had my high idea around it. And I and I I, I said this to um, someone the other day too. I was like, a lot of people think about force plates or any of this information, and they go, "Oh, I understand force plate. Check. Mm -hmm. I understand ground force. Check." Rather than being like, "Bro, there is depths of knowledge. There's doctors." They're all doctors, check, mm. but they all have experience in different things, yeah. right? And also they all have different specialties, right? So you can't just go, yeah, I know these things. No, no, no. Like, dude, there is ever-growing depth. Mm -hmm. There's ever-growing. We're learning new things. There's new ways to measure stuff. There's all these other things. Like, there is no, there's not, I just understand. Like, mm -hmm. if someone comes with me and is like, you understand ground force, right? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, to a degree. Yeah. Like, you know, on the same side of that, like, like I'm still learning every single day. Now, when it comes to in the baseball space, mm. like in the baseball swing <laughs> specifically, yeah, yeah, I'm probably again, like again, when you go around the world, like again, people are flying from Japan to come and learn, yeah, what we know about well, ground force when it comes directly to the swing. Like we're yeah. one of the probably the top authorities there in the world right now that has has so much experience mm -hmm. with that specifically. Mm -hmm. well, you know, like for sure. Yeah, and to to add to that, I mean, pitching, I wouldn't be so good. By the way, <laughs> yeah, but and to that, I think something that is unique that uh, I just noticed is. Uh, we also take the information, but we try to train it. Like we have drills that we've used to uh, in improve or uh, manipulate and change the forces that we see um, and give us direction for training where I know a lot of people, they understand force plate. Hey, we want to be in these numbers. Hey, we want to be 180%. Hey, we want to be here. But also like, okay, so how do I, if I'm not there, how do I get it there? Right. And so that's another thing too, that I would say is like uh, pretty unique and, you know, special about, our setup is that we have the ability to then okay like we see your numbers but this is also some stuff yeah, that we've and done and seen the improvement um yeah. you know on uh you know when it comes to particular drills and, and fields and stuff and and we have it in a cage environment that's what a lot of people this is this is why you're like force place has been out for a while like why would we be so like why are people so interested in the things that we're doing with force plates you know like or you know 
other com- like driveline and all these other people right that they yeah. even driveline just recently when it came to hitting like they haven't had force plates with hitting in a live mm. environment because this is the thing most labs are not set up for a ball to be no. shot out of a machine and a guy to free swing mm-hmm. we gotta remember most labs are five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> And they got cameras everywhere, mm-hmm. and they can't go through nets. And they had to they had to develop all this technology. So now we got these thin nets, and there's ways to protect the cameras. And like we figured out how to do some more things now. But like, remember, like those these environments, like this is mm. when it comes Big. specifically to the task that we're doing. This isn't force plates of somebody walking. Mm-hmm. This isn't golf when it's just sitting there. And again, we're hitting into a net, mm-hmm. and the ball is just sitting there on on a tee. Like we're, we're, we're able to measure when a ball is flying at somebody and mm-hmm. what those ground forces look like, not just, and yeah. we still measure off the tee. We still do all these things. And again, yeah. for philosophy wise and why we do all the things we do from an assessment standpoint. But again, along with that is like a lot of people don't understand like, yo, like again, that's why MLB org, uh, MLB orgs. That's why all these guys, like guys are coming from Japan. Like all those mm-hmm. other things is like, yo, like people don't have that. Yeah. ability to do that and then also to understand it and intertie it in with how you train and all the things and bruh yeah y'all y'all getting some secret sauce on this one yeah because <laughs> there's just not a lot of information out there yeah but yeah, yeah. and then also people that have it you got to go and do trial and error and try mm-hmm. to learn all these things and all this stuff like you know what i'm saying like and then too this isn't even this isn't even that deep mm-hmm. this is common sense yeah. for me <laughs> is, yeah you know what I'm saying? But at the yeah. same time, that's because we use it every day. Right. I understand. Like, if y'all came in here day one, I'd have been like, huh? whoa. <laughs> Again, like, we yeah. talked about this. The, tell them about the, the, the biomechanist. Oh, yeah. 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 So, well, and too, I think this goes back into the training thing. Like, the biomechanist was looking at the information, like, looking at the data as data. It's a number, right? But then you're looking at it as as a practical, okay, what does that number mean from a result standpoint? Yeah. And then you guys get talking, you guys get yeah, talking. How do you know that's a good number? Yeah, it's like, okay, because so that's a good number. Does it? Great. Yeah. It's, survi- it's like a survivor bias. Right. Right. Survivor bias is we, a guy moves like that, he's been able to survive because he has some outlier stuff, mm-hmm. right? Just because he survived and made it there doesn't mean mm-hmm. that that's the best way to do it. Right. Right. He just found mm-hmm. a way to get there. Right. Right. And he could be super athletic. He could be one of the biggest guys on the planet. He could be one of the strongest guys on the planet. He could be really good at guessing what the pitcher is throwing him. Mm-hmm. He could be, you know, again, like, I don't know, yeah. like there, there could be, there could be a lot of things that like mm-hmm. get why that guy is able to hit with that combination of factors. Yeah. Maybe he's also really tough, like mentally, mm-hmm. right? Like all these other things where he can walk in and even when he fails, like, you know, and, and a combination of all those things and maybe he just moves well enough. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that we should be modeling everything off of that one player mm-hmm. or these other things. And that's where it becomes hard with ground force data and all those other things. It's like, okay, to get enough data in real mm-hmm. environments and all those things and also understand the swing and the task. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, like, and also too, he might be doing that. They, they had this problem with pitching when they were measuring a lot of pitching things. Guys would be in the lab and the guy wouldn't be going full out right. because there's a net in front of them or hitters. We figure that out when we're, we had biomechanists when we're at, um, we're at 108 is when you put a net in front of a hitter, they don't move the same. Mm-hmm. It's a constraint. Right. So, and they're worried about, well, if I miss this net mm-hmm. and I hit this and I, I hit a ball through that window mm-hmm. or I do whatever, right? It's like, their external yo, focus yeah, changes. Everything changes when they're in a cage and they feel protected and they yeah. could actually just hit, right? It, it, Things change. Which, to that point, like our cage pretty big, but even then you would assume being on a field, that would also change, right? If yeah. we could have a force plate on a field and they have, yep. you know, a stadium around them, that would also influence. Yeah. Now, now the, I, the only thing I don't want to lead people astray with is this, because just like I tell the guys, 
people think it's different. Like when it comes into like patterning of how you're creating your force, it's the same movement signatures. Movement signature right. is the same T front toss yeah. hitting off the machine. It's just more exaggerated yeah, yeah, yeah. when you hit off the when you get more into the game like exact. But if you know what you're looking for, you you can see the you movement see the signatures all mm -hmm. the way down to a T. Yeah. Right. But yes. If you constrain it too much, mm -hmm. and you go T lab environment, and then also too you got yeah. biomechanists and cameras everywhere, yeah, stuff and like, hooked up to your body, yeah, and all hooked up <laughs> to your body and all these things, right? Like, yeah, then it can start getting pretty restrictive. Mm -hmm. But in our environment, you know, off the tee, like free. again, we can look at their four signatures from that, and I can I can give you again, I'm yeah. very pretty predictable of like what their force is going to read yeah. now just because we've used it so much yeah, yeah but anyways I, yeah yeah go back to the yeah but getting into is like yeah. basically there's just a conversation i i wasn't there at the time for it. this was a while ago but I, we, we recorded it, it and i was able to go back and look at it and it was just super interesting because it's like you know you have this biomechanist that i mean also too not to you know again lead anybody astray you were learning a lot from him as well sure. from a, a a numbers and the data what it yeah. means hey, the interpretation of it. It, it it's more like Hey, I see this force. Mm -hmm. I see the graph, right? Help me understand what this force, how it's being calculated. Mm -hmm. Right. And then tell me, tell me from that calculation, yes. you're using, okay, so you're calculating it like this. This is the angle it creates. This is the move it makes. This is the position the hitters are getting in. And then also to your background with like K-Vest and kinematics and stuff, like understanding also the transmission up the body and everything, right? It's like you're combining all that information. And you're like, Oh, okay. Well, you're saying there needs to be one peak in vertical force, but when I see hitters, I see this position, right, this angle, have, right? I've only seen a lot of golf. And, yeah, and then you're like, I, I just don't know if that makes sense, right? And then you yeah. guys started going into it, and is is actually funny. I, you know, I felt like I was watching him then learn more information when it came to once you understood how it was calculated yes it was like i okay. can connect a lot of dots for him yeah you started but again his background again like a specialist it wasn't training well, it wasn't dots yeah me. like if yeah. he were to train an athlete in baseball like yeah. again like no one's on, they're not going to him to train no you know for baseball but no. like you in that sense of like i'm training baseball players and i need to better understand how it's calculated and then again, the the dots being connected it was just like, yeah. And then you guys just started, you know, going off, and it was it was pretty cool to see. But, but again, like that that's where that's where you know piggybacking off that earlier is like, you know, they're specialists. And then two, uh, I feel like our personal motive is to like try to connect as many dots from all of these specialties as possible to give someone the best experience. Like, like <clears throat> we just had a you know the minor leaguer come in. And we're talking about that. It's like looking at the force plate data. And he was like, you know, I've heard of force plate data. I've done vertical force, but like, you know, and I've done KVS, but they just said, hey, you know, looks good. Sequencing's all right, you know, whatever. And then we do the eval and we talk about it. And it's like, oh, like there's more to it than just my sequencing's good. There's yeah. more to oh, it than, oh, your vertical yeah, I'm, force I'm, is I'm good. I'm one, two, three, four. Yeah. Okay. It's like, okay. Uh, like, yeah. you know, a lot more than that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, and so it was just interesting. It's like, you know, what we're trying to do to connect those dots for people and players and then you know use it to to get better and progress and train it um you know it's just it's unique you know it's special and, and i'm not saying it from a selfish perspective i'm saying like it's a blessing i'm grateful to be a part of it too like you know yeah. having all this tech and this information and like the access to biomechanists that 
you know, heck, yeah. he probably doesn't even remember my name, but you know, if I, he saw my face, he'd know me like, yeah. you know, to be able to ask questions at the booth at ABCA and him clarify things that, you know, I'm seeing and that you're seeing and you guys talking about stuff like, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool to get to do what we, we get to do for sure. Gratitude. Gratitude. In the let's case y'all didn't see the gratitude. Wall, yeah. But. Let's pray. Let's <laughs> pray it out on that note. Huh? All right. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, God, we just we just thank you that we get to do what we get to do, God, and that's all because of you and all the ways that you're moving in our lives, the things that you're preparing for us, the things that you're having us walk into, and God, you walk before us. You get it prepared before we even walk into it, and then when we leave it, God, you come and clean it up, right? You come and clean it up. You fill in the gaps everywhere that we fall short, and God, we're just so thankful that uh, you you choose to use us and um, that you continue to soften our hearts so that we can surrender these things over to you, and we, we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Until next time, Farm System out. Peace.